0: Welcome to the Lived Astrology Podcast, where we approach astrology through people's actual lived experiences of celestial events so as to bring the stars down to Earth. My name's Alina, and this is episode 3, which was recorded on June 24th of 2022, where I interview fellow astrologer Jessica Irene about her first house Saturn return in Capricorn. In terms of sensitive topics, we do discuss dieting, restrictive eating, compulsive exercising, and we briefly mention suicidal tendencies. So if these topics are difficult for you, just be mindful as you listen to this episode. A copy of Jessica's birth chart to help you visualize what we're talking about, as well as all of the links and resources she mentions at the end, can be found on my website at livedastrology.com podcast. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lift Astrology Podcast. I'm very excited to have my second guest today uh, for my Saturn Return series. I'm excited to welcome Jessica to the podcast, and I'll just ask her to introduce herself.
1: Uh, my name is Jessica Irene. Um, on social media and online, um, you can find me through Athea. And I've been doing astrology consultations for about four years now. Starting in 2018, I studied under Achuta Bhavadas of Nightlight Astrology School, And since that time, I've had opportunities to be a writer contributor for the Chani Astrology app. I've also presented for the um, Association for Astrological Networking and also for the Nightlight Astrology Speaker Series. Um, My interests in astrology um, range from like phenomenology and existentialism, medical astrology, uh, like death and compassionate dying, and just generally speaking, anything Saturn and Mars is, is like what I'm into.
0: Love it. So mm-hmm. a true malefic then, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, it's funny, I studied with the Tuta as well. So um, yeah, interesting to see if we might have a similar approach to things. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to start us off, why don't you explain or describe your Saturn placement uh, in your chart? Any, you know, important aspects that you want to mention stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I have uh, Saturn and Capricorn in the first house in my chart. It's very relatively close to my ascendant degree. Um, it is retrograde. I also have uh, Sun, Mercury, and Venus, and Virgo, and it does trine all of those ninth house placements. And generally speaking, that that interrelationship between sort of having a very Saturnian personality or approach to things or a Saturnian mindset um, combined with with the Virgo stuff of the ninth house, um, has has really that that's been me my whole life. By profession, I am a full time librarian. Um, I work for the federal government and I do work in preservation. So that's that's a, a sort of very librarian, uh, Saturnian Virgo thing. But it also, in terms of astrology, my my approach is very ninth house. I'm, I'm much more interested in philosophy than I am in actual practice. I'm much more interested in the like the ethicality of certain topics, the rules around them, the the structure, the guidelines, like that's, that's just how my general approach is to all things in life that interests me. Um, and also obviously like with, with Saturn and Capricorn, um, the interest in the most, the most ancient of practices or the most ancient of wisdom is always kind of where I'll go to or where things have value to me is if they're, if they're old and if they're somehow like entombed as being valuable just because they're old. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think, I think that kind of sums up basic stuff about Saturn. Um, it does oppose my moon as well, um, by, by whole sign, um, but not, not by exact degree. And that has been, um, from a psychological perspective, a a pretty major component of my personality and things that I've, I've dealt with throughout my life.
0: Hmm, hmm, yeah love that um aspect of preservation that you mentioned which is such a good saturn mm-hmm. keyword and also it just feels very earthy ninth housey to me wanting to preserve knowledge in some in some way or form or even on earth like ancient uh types of knowledge right um yeah i, I love that as a manifestation of your mm-hmm. placements yeah, so what was your experience of this exact Saturn placement growing up before we then go into the Saturn return. I thought it might be good to have a bit of background to know where we're coming from basically.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that even now now that it's a couple of years after my Saturn return, I still I'm always reevaluating and evaluating about if subjectively if I love my Saturn placement. Um I cuz I, I do. I do. I fundamentally do and I I wouldn't have wanted any other birth chart in the world but being good at doing Saturn is alienating pure and simple Mm. um so it it, you know it just there's a lot of contention or, or kind of contradiction to to loving yourself or growing into loving yourself when you are embodying Saturn whether you intend to or not um I would say that when I was a child like I think that there's one thing that's always um kind of frustrated me a bit is I think that there's a lot of Uh, psychological approaches to astrology that seem to always characterize people with a first house saturn as always having this like immense amount of responsibility placed on them or this immense amount of struggle and hardship and challenge and um self-esteem issues and and all of these sort of things as if as if they're constantly being restricted Mm -hmm. um and I can say, you know, especially with the Saturn Virgo tribe, um, self-criticism is a massive component to who I am. Yeah. But that has always been, as, as being Capricorn rising and having Saturn so close to the ascendant, it's always come from a self-initiated place for, for better or for worse. I did not grow up with parents who had strict guidelines or strict rules or strict expectations. They actually had the exact opposite. Mm. I was always being told by my own parents to chill out, like, Go have fun, go make friends, that I'm too serious. Like, like being constantly told as a five-year-old and an and, and older that I'm too serious, like that, that really was more damaging than just letting me be serious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, like there was there's a constant awareness that I was not like other kids. And I also didn't want to be like other kids. Like that's that's the thing with Saturn is I think for people, whether you're Capricorn Saturn or Aquarius Saturn, you're constantly aware of not being within the group, or, you know, you're, you're sort of a periphery being, but you want to be at the same time. You, like, there's, there's a rejection of, of all the stuff that seems frivolous or childlike. Like, it was very important to me at an early age to eat, like, how I, I think adults should eat. Like, like that Saturn moon opposition, like when I was a little kid, like I ate green things because rules say you should, and I don't, I'm not a child. I don't want cereal. (laughs) I'm I'm still that way. Um, So I took very well to rules. I took very well to rigidity and structure and guidelines. Um, I kind of like, as a child, I had almost like a militaristic perspective on things. Uh, I do have a sixth house Mars, which is the exaltation ruler of my Saturn as well. So there's, there's like literally an interest in kind of running my life like a drill sergeant, like as a kid was, was kind of how I was, but in a lot of ways that was good for me because I was an overachiever. I like, you know, there's a lot of things that you get out of being that way. you um, I definitely was wired for capitalism for, you know, like not, that's not necessarily a good thing, but I was, that was ready for it but at the same time, I did have a lot of body problems throughout my whole life. Like that's those stereotypical first house Saturn things were always around. I always had joint problems. I always had, you know, like was seeing chiropractors from really early age, had fascia problems at a really early age. I always had, even though I had I what I would consider uh, regulated eating habits, they were also very disordered. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference between sort of enjoying rules and needing structure. And there's a and there's a difference between enjoying it and having like a dependency on it, like a very unhealthy dependency on it. When I don't have rules or structure, I wasn't very good um, in a lot of ways mentally or, or psychologically growing up. Didn't have a lot of like room for play or creativity, nor did I seek it out too much. But I, and I had I've had teeth problems. I started going gray when I was 14. So like typical Saturn stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but truthfully like I what's odd about it is there's this thing with Saturn and how it contributes to like a sense of authority and so internally I really was struggling all the time I'm pretty alone all the time but I also have never really had any issues with I had a lot of self-assertion at a really early age like it was sort of like all of this stuff is crappy but I'm I'm I was always like very assured and who I was and what I wanted at all times as well like I felt like an authority on, on myself kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. I love that as a first house Saturn, I felt like an authority Mm -hmm. (laughs) of myself because I have a seventh house Saturn, I've Saturn on the descendant. And so for me, that experience of feeling, being aware that you're not part of the group being sort of a peripheral figure, as you said, for me, it was very painful because as a Aaliyah rising, that is the exact opposite of what I wanted to be, right? Um, and yeah. so I also have a lot of Venusian placements like Taurus Sun, Libra Moon, my luminaries are Venusian. And then again, struggling with asserting my boundaries. It's something I'm only now coming into because the Venusian urge is always to like, please others go along yeah. with what everybody else is saying. So as to keep things harmonious, right? Yeah. I can see how your chart is sort of the flip side of mine in a way almost. And yeah, it's really fascinating to hear hear your your side of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what actually happened during your Saturn return?
1: Yeah, so my Saturn return, I looked at the dates, uh, technically Saturn entered Capricorn, I believe December 19th of 2017. And it left almost exactly three years later in December of 2020. Um, So for me, those are ages 27, 28, 29, Mm -hmm. and the first part of being 30. And in some ways, a lot of things that happened were very just like stereotypical astrology stuff. Like I had a lot of body stuff going on. Um, and and I, I think I know that we can kind of talk about this a bit more later, but my Saturn return was certainly just one small part of like all kinds of crap happening in Capricorn at the same time. Um we had, we had the big Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and the, which happened on my ascendant. We mm-hmm. had um, eclipses in Capricorn and cancer, and also before my Saturn return, and this is actually the thing that I think made my Saturn return so beautiful, because I, I would say uh, on the whole, I loved my Saturn return. It was the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And probably I think I won't experience that again until Saturn's in Libra, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt my Saturn return. I really did. I felt that I was more myself that I was at home within myself. I felt that I no longer felt the like excruciating aloneness that I had felt my whole life. Um, like being alone was comfortable and freeing. I had a lot of things going on in my life that let me do what I wanted to do, um, really. Um, I was just very lucky that way that I had the resources and the opportunities that I had at the time. Like, um, that was when I started studying astrology. That was when um, I was single for the very first time since like grade school. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so it was just a lot of like me time. It was, it was a very stereotypical first house Saturn return kind of a thing. Things that were like particularly eventful, I guess. And I, I, looked, I went back to look at the, the dates um, because my Saturn is in Italy, and also because Saturn retrograded. I got the exact hit over my Saturn a few times. Mm -hmm. The first main time happened in March of 2019. And then again, it happened in December of 2019. So it was really 2019 was like the primary years or year of my Saturn return. And it wasn't intentional at all. I I mean, I was studying astrology back then and, and doing it for like friends and family, people who I knew. But at that point in my astrology knowledge it wasn't like I was sitting down and looking at transits all the time. so a lot of the things that I did that year were completely reflective of kind of my ignorance of, of my own transits. Um, and so in March of 2019 at that point in time I had been very active in, in hot yoga. I've been doing hot yoga for about a year or so at that point and and very religiously like every day almost sometimes twice a day mm-hmm. and I was bodybuilding and I was running, and it was just like, a re- it was ridiculous. And I don't recommend anybody do that because I'm paying for it now. But that was when I really got like the most obsessive about, about being physically active as I've ever been.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and in ways that were new, like, and were and interesting to me anyway, because one thing that happened is that one of my yoga teachers just went to India for like a, a retreat educational opportunity. And they weren't gonna be able to teach a class while they were gone, obviously. And I was actually like struggling with that. Like that was actually a really hard thing for me to accept that they wouldn't be there for a whole month and a half. I got very attached to that class and to them. And so to distract myself from it, I just created goals because that's (laughs) what I do. Um, And so I, I said that I would, by the time that they came back, there were like certain strength things that I wanted to be able to do. And I wanted to look a certain way. And that was the first time that I like really wanted to have a much more, Muscled physique. Like I, I don't know how else to describe it, but I didn't care about before this, I, I was definitely trying to like get attention from men and look certain ways for that. And during this period of time, I, I grew out my armpit hair. I really wanted big arms. I wanted really big shoulders. I wanted to do a lot of pushups. Like I was just like obsessive about doing pull-ups and that continued throughout that entire like March timeframe. And then in that December, which I didn't do this purposefully, but that December when I got My second hit over my Saturn, I did a photo shoot. I did a nude photo shoot that was like, I purposefully did it in black and white. I did it in like these very specific artistic styles that were like serious and somber and like all this stuff. And it was, it was a way um, for me, I was very proud of like looking the way that I looked and it was the first time I ever felt that way about myself. So like, it was a lot of it was just like my body, my project. Um, simultaneously, like I said, I was single for the very first time it was part of the eclipse cycle, um, perhaps, perhaps even an activation of my Saturn moon opposition. Mm-hmm. And that was very necessary right before my Saturn return, there were the eclipses in my second and eighth house. And that was my nodal re- uh, reverse. And that was a huge psychological crisis time for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, my Saturn return was kind of like reclaiming ownership of myself after that, for sure, which is probably why I got so gung ho about like my actual body kind of a thing like it, that gave me a sense of autonomy that I didn't at all have during those eclipses before. Um, so I, I had a lot of root canals. That was a thing. I think that might've also been the Pluto Saturn combination in my first, Mm -hmm. my therapy relationship really developed, really flourished for the very first time. I was getting effective therapy treatment for a lot of my psychological stuff where I have, I have been in therapy since I was 12, but this was like the first time that it really clicked. And we got like, I felt like I changed, felt like years kind of were added to my own like mental growth there. The other, the only other thing I could think of that was like really prominent was Saturn also rules my second house. And this was the the best, most financially secure time of my life that I've ever had.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love a lot of the things you said. One thing that stuck out for me is a sort of Saturn keyword again, or a Capricorn keyword actually, was like the idea of body building. Like building is something I associated with Capricorn and then being in the first house, being the body, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I was wondering if there were any other ways you saw the significations of the sign Capricorn of your Saturn coming in. Mm.
1: Um, I think... One of the, the, the differences between, for me anyway, when I think of Capricorn and Aquarius, I do tend to think of Capricorn as being more, more traditionally a Saturn that's about like austerity or restriction mm-hmm. and things like that. And what's interesting perhaps is when I was doing the bodybuilding stuff for several periods of time. I actually found, I won't share with people what I did because I don't recommend you do it, <laughs> but, but I found a, a way to manipulate my diet through fasting that actually contributes to human growth hormone. So I was, and that's that's that Saturn Jupiter conjunction that I was having like in my first. So I was fasting, but putting on mass quite rapidly. It was very effective, like like in a in really creepy ways actually.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Um, this is something I've been pondering, you know, how much does the sign matter, of course it matters Mm -hmm. in terms of Saturn's dignity. Uh, but I've been wondering whether the sign is almost more related to what is going on in the world in general sort of on a mundane level maybe come through more more clearly whereas in your chart where the sign oftentimes functions to assign rulerships rather than carrying sort of its natural significations at least that's how I look at it from a traditional astrology standpoint Mm -hmm. Um, so I just wanted to ask your maybe opinion on that and also if you saw like the Saturn and Capricorn themes coming through in, you know, the world at large and whether that influenced you in any way in your Saturn return?
1: The first thing that comes to mind simply is around how I I am one of those early nineties kids. So Mm. I think um, my Saturn return was also the first time that I ever took a deliberate interest in my own personal ancestry and some things like that. And, and doing that while I was studying astrology, I think when I, when I think about just like socially, all the other people born around the time that I was, and we all have that Neptune, Uranus,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Saturn and Capricorn. What's so interesting about it is I do feel as if we are all very keyed into just systems of structure, generally speaking. Like it's, it's like a fixation on, being um anti-capitalist anti-fascist like you know even like relational relationship anarchy and stuff like there's Mm -hmm. um I met people during this period of my life that were constantly breaking down a lot of things and to be someone who has prominent Capricorn stuff in my chart a lot of that did I think influence my own perceptions of like, what is security or what is, uh, what is accountability as well? Like that was a big thing. Like, I, I think in the like popular space sort of a thing on social media and stuff, like this was the height of a lot of cancel culture type things. And so there's this idea of um, Capricorn is so much about responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's, it's the, the beginning of winter. So this, this is the time where thematically, we find out who can, you know, are we going to survive? Did we save enough food? Do we plant yeah. enough? Did, did we allocate it r- responsibly enough? So I think in some ways, perhaps there, there could be a bit of a, like a double dose of getting hit with the responsibility stick for, for some of us. Um, but only because like in the, in the collective or whatever, like that's also going on. It's reiterating yeah. that Saturn Capricorn stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing I'm particularly interested in with doing this series of interviews with people um, about their experience, their lived experience, that's why I call it the Lived Astrology Podcast, is I'm particularly interested in what the encounter with sort of a planetary archetype feels like and bringing it more down to earth. We often go through these sort of abstract keywords, you know, those bigger concepts, but I'm really interested sort of in the personal encounter with a particular planet um, during a particular transit. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, how did the archetype of Saturn show up for you during this time? What what did that feel like for you?
1: Yeah, I love this question so much Um, because uh, a lot of what you said really ties into just the the things that make me passionate about talking about Saturn. Mm. Um, I have like even on my Twitter account, I have, there's a Latin phrase and it it's, I put, I put it there facetiously, but it was true. And it's it's like this Latin phrase that roughly translates to saying that people who are born under Saturn are either the best or the worst. Um, and it's like, it's always true. And for me, I am, I'm always trying to encourage people when they're trying to relate to Saturn or see Saturn or, or live Saturn. I really do feel as though the Orphic hymn to Saturn is incredibly demonstrative and really helpful. And there's, there's language in the Orphic hymn that talks about, it says like, Oh, mighty Saturn, various speech is thine." Like the nature of Saturn is to be the contradiction
0: mm-hmm. that.
1: So when we are experiencing that inner contention of the simultaneous destruction and restorative nature of time, because that is what Saturn is like t- Saturn is nothingness and also where all things come from. It's that reckoning. And so that, that it's that, um, you know, and that is what responsibility is in and of itself too. It's it's responsibility, but it's also privilege. There's, there's all of those, that variety of, of contention and contradiction within Saturn. Mm. Um, And so it makes sense. I I would presume that anybody who actually sits and, and thinks about their own Saturn return experience or Saturn in their chart, these are so profoundly mystical experiences because we are learning about the contradiction within ourselves or within our perceptions about our needs or our wants or our relationship to pleasure or our relationships to other people and our interdependencies with them. A lot of what I've dealt with after my Saturn return, now that Saturn's in my second house and is still kind of reiterating certain themes around like value and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's been about understanding that I don't necessarily, um, one of the things that I always struggled with was as someone who considers themselves a a spiritual person who provides spiritual uh, advice or resources to other people. And as a humanist, like I fundamentally do believe that the divine is in everything. And therefore all, all life is of value. Even though I factually know that I myself personally have really dealt with like seeing that in myself, that's been very difficult for me. And I've Mm -hmm. that's bothered me a lot. Like that is a contradiction that I myself have a very hard time seeing what is my value apart from the ways I help other people or exist for other people? Like if there were no other people on earth, then what is innately valuable about my life? And I rationally know, well, you're still divine, but you don't feel it. (laughs) Um, That's a contradiction in itself that I had to deal with that, that contradiction of like, I myself am always being, and also nothingness Saturn in, in the way that Saturn is time Not rules time, Saturn is time. (laughs) Like time is indifferent. Like time doesn't care about anything about you, about how old you are, young you are, able, you know, your your preferences or anything. So it can be difficult to find an appreciation for an aspect of divinity that that in the ways it moves through us and of us seems to be indifferent to our existence. Mm -hmm. The the thing is, is that Saturn, that that very thing, that that indifference or that nothingness or that contradiction. It's antithetical to solarity. And we live in a really freaking solar culture. I think we ourselves struggle acutely with what is sovereignty, what is agency, especially in um, in a lot of cultures and consumerist cultures, particularly agency is tied to the resources that we have. And those are material things. And Saturn rejoices in the 12th. Like that's the least material. Mm, Yeah. Like it's Saturn has more opportunity for you to experience what's transcendental than any planet probably. And those aren't always pleasurable experiences because they're not material. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a renunciation of material. You know, And yeah, even just developing that intimacy with melancholy is a thing that we have to do from time to time.
0: I love what you said about, you know, in the beginning, right, when you started to answer um, that, you know, the best and the worst (laughs) both comes out of Saturn, that it's simultaneously the end of things and the regeneration. That's a theme I've seen running throughout my own Saturn return is that Saturn shows up both as the thing I'm most afraid of that is preventing me from doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And it is simultaneously finding that power within me to overcome that fear. Like it is both at the same time. It's not only the obstacle, it's also the means to overcome the obstacle mm-hmm. for me, at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I, I I do feel that Saturn by transit or, or whatever, often the, the other aspect of Saturn is that it it is a means to mastery there's a lot in the mythology around saturn and the literature on saturn and just the general ethos that to to perfect is to decline is to, to take away or to reduce or to narrow in and so there's a lot of loss that can you know that can be constructive for lack of you know falling back on typical saturn words yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, was there a particular moment that you remember where you felt Saturn showing up like really strongly in your life? Maybe a little anecdote that you could tell that, you know, gives us an idea of what that felt like in your life? Yeah, I...
1: What's odd is I really, when I looked over, back over those years, I didn't have a specific event. Like even the days of my exact Saturn returns, th- those those actual days were pretty regular days. Like nothing super special happened. And, and even the weeks around them were, were just kind of just me doing the usual, but I did spend really profound and long amounts of time in solitude and in developing what's now my spiritual practice that I did not have back then. I, I do wholeheartedly believe that Saturn was present with me. Like I felt it. I don't know if that would be the case for everybody. And so I take that seriously. Like I know that a lot of people really have it rough during their Saturn return. Um, Saturn is in my first house. So like I, I had a unique flavor of it, but simply doing anything Saturnian, um, like any times I'd read a book or I'd listen to a podcast. Um, I had the opportunity in 2020 to, to give a talk about Saturn and perfectioneers So it was just a whole year of just like Saturn hosed through me <laughs> and, and I, it felt good. It just felt very good. I, I, yeah, like it was, I felt more embodied than I've ever felt, but not in this like, um, carnal way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you think it did feel so good for you? Because basically Saturn is your chart ruler. So you are already an embodiment of that. And then the return was sort of coming fully into that. I
1: think so. Yeah, I really do. Like I, I literally would tell people if I were to describe what it felt like, it, I felt like I came into myself. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it helps just by by my natal configurations. It helps that, that that's always going to be a simultaneous trine to my ninth house. Yeah. And, and all of the Virgo stuff that I have there. So, and it tries my fifth as well. <laughs> and my, my fifth ruler is in the ninth. So for me to have had less, like, I really wasn't social those years. I, I was single. I doing all the crap that I was doing in the gym took me away from a lot of things. I was, cause I wasn't drinking. I wasn't going out. As I mentioned the, the years prior to my Saturn return, those were Heavily characterized by a really bad relationship. So I had basically cut ties with everything um, all of my social groups, all the things I did for fun. I just isolated myself and flourished. Like it was just me and astrology. And eventually I got on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nice to feel like I had that much autonomy. And I got, and I had that sense of autonomy because I was doing much less. I was yeah. really honed in.
0: Yeah. yeah. So of course the Saturn return is the end of one cycle and the beginning of another. I mean you've already mentioned a couple of things in in how this was an ending for you. Perhaps um, I don't know how much you can already tell what it is the beginning of because it's it's been relatively recently for you. But um, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to mention in terms of this time being a closing of a cycle and then the beginning of a new one?
1: I always think it's fascinating to always think about how for the large majority of people and myself included, when the Saturn return ends, it's, it's bookended by the eighth house year. Mm-hmm. And the eighth house, I do believe, I think both the eighth, the fourth and the 12th all have these inherent relationships with Saturnian virtue. So once my Saturn return ended, now a lot of things cleaned house for me. Like my, um, my relationship with ancestor practices became much more clarified that relationship that i i kind of talked around but to be more blunt my relationship to to suicidal tendencies really got cleaned up pretty rapidly through some the the jupiter neptune conjunction in pisces was just like that really expanded it a lot for me Um, i have jupiter natally in my eighth so there's just been a lot of things where it almost feels as if all of the ways that saturn had had difficult or subjectively unpleasant influences on, on, my tip, on my nativity and natal promise. It's almost as if now that the Saturn return is over, I'm not affected by those things or I have a complete different perspective on them. Um, and also I've just chilled out a lot. Like I think um, the stereotype of like Saturnians aging in reverse has validity to it for a few reasons because when you are five years old and are crying because you are scared you won't have a retirement plan, like by the time you get to be 30 years old and you see your peers who are crying because they don't have retirement plans you just chill out like (laughs) you just do like you can only uh crisis mode for so much of your life yeah um and i've i've been having way more fun than i've ever had after
0: Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I I absolutely agree. I already feel (laughs) feel way more relaxed about things (laughs) than I did um, pre-Saturn Return. Of course, I'm still in it. Um, And now I'm curious about my eighth house year I'm going to have this special scenario where I'm going to have an eighth house here with Saturn then in the eighth house, because mm. my Saturn return is in the seventh. Mm. So I get two Saturn perfection years followed by another perfection year where Saturn is transiting the perfected house. Yeah, It's, <laughs> a, lot. it's a lot of Saturn on my end, but um, I like what you said earlier, you know, that you felt like Saturn was with you or you're spending time with Saturn. I'm now doing a podcast about Saturn returns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of doing the same thing here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to ask because, you know, everybody's experience of their Saturn return is, of course, colored by their natal chart, but also by other transits that might be really significant that are going on at the time simultaneously. So were there any either transits that you want to mention that colored your Saturn return experience or were there any natal placements that you feel like played into it really strongly?
1: Yeah, I think like I've mentioned that the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, um, both to my natal Saturn, to my ascendant, all of that was was definitely a big part of it. There was just a lot of self-work, like a lot. Um, I mean, the good news is that some of those things from an astrology perspective are quite scary. Like I know for people who are kind of just getting into astrology, Pluto passing over your ascendant is no joke and I. what's resulted from that for me is a chronic health condition that I will have to have surgery for and I will not be able to do any bodybuilding ever again. But that wasn't part of the Saturn return, that's like a, an after thing. But mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see the wide range of like what I did and then kind of where it's gone. And um, the other the other thing is those, the eclipse cycle in, in Cancer Capricorn definitely was a major contributor to this. And, and it's something that really was educational for me as an astrologer because it was the South Node in Capricorn and the North Node in Cancer. And you would presume, especially with my chart, because I have my seventh house ruler in its own domicile, you would presume that, I mean, I was expecting to get engaged. Like I was like, I was like my seventh house year is coming, getting my man, and gonna be done. Like I, <laughs> I was very convinced that that was a thing that was gonna happen for me. And I was single for that entire year. And I needed to be. And so for, for me, what I took away from that was that for one, the nodes are not always as simple and straightforward as increase and decrease. My experience of the of the nodes has been so far that they really just break up patterns. It's, it's more so a pattern breaking up of a thing than it is about like one house getting noted. <laughs> um, and so they don't always play out predictably like that. That said, I, I did have a lot of north node stuff in the seventh but not it wasn't a boyfriend or a husband i that was when my client practice picked up Mm. Um, i was doing readings very regularly and it became a, a significant component of my income so like that saturn second house rulership thing was there yeah and the south node in my first i think that that kind of exacerbated a lot of the typical saturnian austerity type of things like some of this overlapped with the um, with the pandemic as well. So I wasn't buying new clothes or caring about my parents as much or just like generally literally being seen. Yeah. So it was, like, <laughs> it was like, I was doing all this like first house stuff, but also like not seen while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that really contributed to a lot of it. And that has since continued kind of playing out a little bit because as somebody with a domicile moon in the seventh i'm i wouldn't say that i struggle with codependency all the time but my desire to only do relationships and like everything else comes secondary has always been there it's still there um but but taking that year off definitely allowed me to take the time to say like what do I actually really want? Because <laughs> I had never done that.
0: I had never really sat down and actually sat with my ne- my own needs and values like that, so. Interesting. I mean, you do have that moon in the seventh, but also the eclipses going across that axis. And even, you know, all the Capricorn transits are kind of opposing that seventh house and saying how how you know the first and the seventh really they have a lot to do with each other it's hard to do just one without doing the other that's my experience too with my seventh house saturn return so many themes are actually me themes and not other themes so yeah interesting to yeah. see how that works out yeah so i just wanted to ask i mean you got into astrology properly at the time of your saturn return but um Maybe in retrospect, how did knowing astrology help you make sense of that time in your life?
1: I was very lucky that I was familiar enough with astrology at the time, for sure. But I think think the pros, cons were that I knew back then. So in 2017, um, I had not yet started formal studies. Mm -hmm. So I knew enough to be dangerous with myself, basically, which meant for someone like me, I knew enough to stress myself out. And I think a lot of people start there. And so I thought for sure that like, cause I, you know, Saturn, Saturn and Jupiter went through my 12th house first during my nodal reverse. So I, I just felt like if this is hard, God damn, like my Saturn return is going to eat me alive. And I was paying for consultations. I was, you know, downloading the stupid astro.com reports. They're not that stupid. Sorry. Um, but, um, but I was really like expecting these like major massive life changes. And I never would have imagined that they could have been as positive as they were. So in some ways i'm kind of glad that i psyched myself up for bad news because it went so well um <laughs> i also was just truthfully i was just relieved that i didn't end up conceiving a child because like there's all of the my mom had my little brother when she had her saturn return i was my dad's Saturn in return mm. so like that was a whole thing too where i was like i just don't want to have a baby <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think it was really helpful um once, once my Saturn return got rolling and I had more of an awareness of what it actually means for me to be of Saturn, I definitely kind of juiced myself up on, on pride around that. So once I was sort of like in the actual Saturn return, it was exciting to kind of think about like, I'm going to get another path. It's going to come back. And then when Saturn did leave Capricorn for the very last time, it was sad. I was very sad. Mm.
0: So it sounds like you almost, you know, made friends with Saturn. <laughs>
1: they were they were home. And even um, what's interesting is that once so I mentioned that this was like the happiest I'd ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. The second happiest I've ever been in my life was when Saturn was in Libra, which is interesting for me because that's a whole sign square to my ascendant and my descendant. There's a lot of ways in which it seems counterintuitive for that to have been such a positive transit for me, but Saturn was dignified. Um and specifically, I felt very beautiful that year. Mm. Um, like my hair, my skin was particularly great that entire year, which is a big deal for me because I've I struggled with cystic
0: acne my entire life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Saturn and the skin is the mm. real thing. <laughs> it's very real. It's very real. Yeah. So um, last question is was there any, you know, bit of advice that you've ever received around the Saturn return that really stuck with you? Or is there any advice you would give to people that you want to share?
1: My my biggest advice, and this goes for any time, is that I, I do wish for people that there would be less discussion about Saturn, as if Saturn is this like external thing all the time that like Saturn taught me a lesson or Saturn is doing this to me or whatever. And I know that we all use those things colloquially and I'm, I do that too, but I do have a very divine relationship with Saturn. So to me, Saturn is in me, it's through me, it's of me, it's in the world around me and everything that I do. And I think that always viewing Saturn as an external force of some kind, or that's like checking on you or, or as if like, there has to be a lesson to it all. I think that can contribute to your Saturn return being harder than it need to be. And, and also a missed opportunity to, to really have intimacy with, with those years of your life. Because they are big, they're, they're monumental years. You only get those you know every 27 years, so.
0: Yeah, I love that idea of Saturn just being, you know, everything and everywhere in a way that reminds me of the Orphic hymn again, where it says, um, you know, no parts peculiar can I power and close diffuse through all from which the world arose, right? That's that Saturn is kind of everything, the beginning, the ending. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, So thank you so much for being on my podcast. I felt like we got some wisdom from Saturn herself today. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Do you have anything you want to mention where people can find you maybe an upcoming talk or something um, that you want to share?
1: Yeah, I don't have um, any upcoming things at the moment, um, but I do. If what if anything that I talk talked about you know, sort of resonated with people or if they relate to it, I do have a talk about the Saturn return and the perfectioneers that is on my website and it's completely for free. Um, so you can download that, um, and I I do a similar talk all about Mars. So if, if Saturn's not their favorite malefic, I've, I've got another one for them. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, love it. Cool. And what's your website where people can find that? It is dendralathia.com.
1: So it's D-E-N-D-R-A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A.com. It's the same as my Twitter and Instagram handle.
0: Yeah. I'll make sure to put it in the description or somewhere else so people can easily find out because, mm-hmm. yeah, it because yeah, it's not the easiest to spell. I love the word. It looks very, very magical to <laughs> me. <laughs> Does it mean anything? It is
1: i don't want to say that i invented the word but it it's it's a combination of taking the greek root dendra like dendrites which just means like tree-like or branch-like and an alathea, which um can be translated to truth or uncovering or like enlightenment in a way so um i i I love trees there's a lot of tree stuff
0: in my life and they speak truth so (laughs) love it very cool okay thank you so much again and bye all right thank you so much i hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lift astrology podcast you can always find more episodes on my website at LyftAstrology.com/slash podcast you can also subscribe to my newsletter where i provide monthly astrological retrospectives on my website livedastrology.com or you can follow me on Twitter where you can keep up with my astrological thoughts throughout the month at livedastrology. If you feel like you have a transit story that you want to share on the podcast as a guest, currently I'm mostly looking for Saturn return stories but I'm also open for other suggestions, you can email me at livedastro at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again soon.